Blog Talk Radio. In a country dominated by left-wing radicals, there remains one voice of reason. This is the Conservative Hour, with your host, A.J. Bruno. It's on now. Welcome once again to an all-new edition of the Conservative Hour. Your humble host as usual. Uh, well, let's get the ball rolling by talking about this whole Arlen Specter nonsense tonight. I, who cares? Let him leave the party. He goes off whining about how, you know, that it's, it's, uh, it's party is far right now and it's dominated by you know, conservatives and blah, blah, blah. They're saying how, you know, it's one of the few moderates left. Well, yeah, moderate. Okay, the guy's a friggin' lib. Um, let the Dems have him. He's pretty much a vote for them almost all the time anyway. What's the difference? You know? <laughs> Going out a whole lot. Uh, he was a Democrat. He, I'm sorry. He was, he was a Republican in name only anyway, so not as if much has changed at all. Although, you know, Keep in mind an important factor. Um, this whole filibuster business. Because as it stands now, well, they're only a vote short of having a filibuster-proof Senate. Well, obviously, on the most radical and extreme measures, that I'm sure there'll be a few Dems who break from that and. But, uh, but, you know, still in a position to get a lot of dangerous things through. Um, you know, and that's why it's so important with this whole election that Franken is stealing up in Minnesota. I mean, now, you know, if, if God forbid he gets seated there, well, kind of the two independent tech caucus with the Dems, that's 60 seats. You know, that's filibuster proof. I mean, that is astounding. I mean, you know, they'll be able to get through almost everything they want. And we really shouldn't allow that to happen. You know, we really shouldn't. Um, and it just it just goes to show. I mean, how completely radical these uh these people are. Incredibly radical. And if they have a position to push through this extreme agenda. Well, we're not going to be in very good shape. That is not good at all. Not good at all. You 
Uh, it would really behoove of us to not take this seriously. I mean, this is incredibly, incredibly unnerving. Pretty much going to be called blocked, and they can just do whatever they want, unchecked. Completely unchecked, or, or very close to it. You know, some people were optimistic that the Republicans would be able to take back the Senate in 2010, but well, I mean, that is a tall order. It, it was a tall order where it looked like there might be. 42 seats, because then you'd have to get nine. That's a lot. Now, if, if God forbid, Franken gets seated, and the Rhino Spectre switching sides, if you're down to 40, that's 11. That is, you know, that's probably almost unheard of. 11 Senate seats. I mean, is not a good position to be in. And it was a astounding switch, too, because pre-2006 congressional election, all of the uh, Republicans had 55 seats. Dems had 44 and in, independent uh, thrown in there. I mean, you know, if you think about that, if that happens, then that's a net loss of in a little more than two years, 15 seats. It's a huge part of the caucus that's not there from just a couple of years ago. Um, that is that is very very nervous. Hey, people need to need to be concerned about it. All right, why don't we take a call to get started here. Hello, caller. You're on the conservative hour. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was listening to some things that you were saying. I mean, a lot of things you're saying, I just cannot agree with you more. And the the thing I want to look at is I just really want to see, like, a um, – I tell you what, I remember when I was watching the – um primaries uh, for the Republican Party, and the person who was making the most sense to me at the time was actually Ron Paul. But um, I saw how the media treated him, and, um, you know, to me it was just kind of, you know, it was just kind of strange, and I just didn't really understand how McCain, this guy who's so, you know, in the middle, he was such a centrist, you know, was able to, um, you know, get, you know, just, just get so far past a lot of people who had some you know, much more deep-rooted views from the Republican Party than what McCain's record has showed. And I just feel that the party in itself needs a serious facelift or at least trying to get, you know, at least uh, an attempt to get back to the roots, uh, you know, to, um, to to get back to the roots. Because, if, I mean, as you see right now, with the Tea Party across the country, you know, people, people are still in uh, awake. People are still wanting to see the you know the old school route to the GOP, 
you know, and, you know, this whole new GOP, some people are trying to uh, create with these moderates and people like that, you know, that's not really what is needed to get these votes right now. And I I truly feel that right now with this massive spending uh, and and things like that, this is the prime time for the Republican Party to get back to their message. Yeah, yeah, I I would have to agree. Um, Well, going back to the the primary, the problem with that was you had a couple – candidates drawing the conservative vote, but then you have a you know significant portion of the party that's moderate. That's how McCain managed to squeeze in there, which, you know, clearly not a not a good thing for the party. And it's almost laughable when he tries to you know, someone like Spectre tries to say and dominated by these you know, right wing, hard line conservatives. Well a lot of people would say that the Republican Party is down in this pit because it's moved away from those conservative principles. Um mm. So you know, if anything, yeah, we have to get we have to move back towards them. Um, yeah. And 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 Ron, I mean, Ron Paul has some good points on some things, but some, you know, he doesn't really get the whole war on terror thing. That's a that's a big issue. And he's got some unrealistic things like going back to a gold standard and uh, totally abolishing the IRS. Things that you know are not likely to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have to we have to get back and focused here. I, I don't. I, do you really think that uh, Obama and, and his crew really cared about the Tea Parties, though? I, I, I don't think they could care less. Now, I, I really don't think they can care less, but, I mean, I think a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are looking at Obama just super, super upset. But I think what people have to do is start to really think about who is the grand culprit here. You know, I, I believe Obama's just a figurehead. He's just a Trojan horse. Um, I believe that the people who somehow encouraged Bush to do TARP before he left, are the same people that are behind these bailouts and things like that. And I really feel that people need to mobilize, not against Obama, but mobilize against this grand spending, because that's really the problem. You know, well, you know, we had Republic, um, we had Republicans in the past four years who had left their base and just started doing some just crazy spending, which is completely against their roots. And what you do to your base is you confuse your base. You know, you have these, um, you know, you have people that remember Reagan's speeches. You remember, you know, how Reagan got us out of the recession that, you know, a Democrat very similar to Obama had put us into. And so, you know, when you start doing things like TARP, you confuse your base. You know, people get confused. And um, and so, you know, with that being said, my friend, I really feel that, you know, what people need to mobilize against is not necessarily, you know, we're putting apart Obama because me, I, you know, I, I'm an African-American male. And it's hard for me to go out here and tell people, you know, Obama is, is wrong and da-da-da-da-da because people are just going to attack me because they're all, you know, you know, they're all drunk on the Kool-Aid and all that kind of stuff. But what, what, what works for me is what's very effective when I go out here and I tell people, well, your children are going to take home 20% of their paycheck, if not 10%. You know, by the time, you know, I'm, you know, 50 years old, I'm going to be taking home, you know, 20% of my paycheck because we're going to be paying back this massive amount of spending. But when I say stuff like that, people say, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do like that. And I say, well, that's what's going on right now with these stimulus packages and these, you know, this, you know, this budget, this trillion-dollar budget and all these kind of, um, you know, massive spending. And uh, that's kind of what I mean when I say I think it's, a, it's going to be a matter of getting people's ears open because a lot of people right now are completely drunk off of this Kool-Aid and general logic is just going out the window. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you know, I completely agree. And, you know, another thing, it's, it's disturbing, too, because whenever someone 
you know, criticizes uh, Obama or during the campaign, um, you know, they get branded as a racist and turning it into a racial issue. Meanwhile, if we had someone yeah. like, you know, an Alan Keyes or something, I'd, I'd gladly vote for him. But yet, you know, they turn it into a racial issue when it's really ideological. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really disturbing. I mean, you know, it's great to hear that there's still people out there who, uh, you know, think for themselves, don't drink this Kool-Aid. Uh, well, it's really frustrating to me, man. I mean, it's really, really frustrating. Um, but you're right, you know, you have a lot of people out there like Alan Keyes and, and things like that. But, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, Obama's been a sore and Alan Keyes side for a long time. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, Alan Keyes was one of the first ones to really have a real live debate with Obama. And um, Alan Keyes was doing for Obama for a long time. But, you know, it, a lot of people are really drunk off the Kool-Aid. But I really feel that in the next three years, people are going to wake up. But unfortunately, by that time, it's going to be too late. You know, people need to wake up now and not later. You know, this 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 spending getting us in debt. The I mean, the interest alone, the interest alone is going to be unbearable. Let alone the the uh, the the money that we actually owe, the principal balance. So. Uh yeah yeah I I definitely definitely agree. Um, but you know, the time to wake up though was a few months ago. Now it's it's kind of too late because. Like I was talking about before, they can do almost anything they want now. It doesn't even matter if people are making some noise about it. I mean, ugh, you know, the country's going to be in such a wreck if they continue these irresponsible policies and, you know, spending us to oblivion what they're doing now and uh, these really irresponsible changes in foreign policy. I mean, it's just scary. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a damage that's going to take decades and decades to repair, and people might realize in a few years, or maybe we made a mistake, but you know, a little too late. Yeah, you know, I, I know it's like kind of like when I was in uh, grade school, I had a teacher that, um, you know, somebody could hit you, and you could apologize, and you say, well, if you say I'm sorry, that doesn't take away the pain, you know. So, so you, know, you know, people can, you know, people can, you know, regret all they want, but by that time, you know, you know, their their children are going to be born. Well, thousands of thousands, you know, I mean, the last time I calculated, a child's going to be born uh, with at least $30,000 in debt when the child comes out of the womb, you know. And so that's, you know, that's just crazy. I mean, you know, that's just, you know, you know, people being enslaved to, um, you know, being, being in debt. And, you know, I, I just don't understand, I mean, how people want more and more government control in their lives when the government does a horrible job. At things, I mean, I, I would rather take care of myself rather than having to have the government, you know, in every aspect of my life, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing too, because a lot of, you know, a lot of people think that the Democrats are going to just take care of them and keep giving them things, and they don't seem to realize that. Well, that's how they keep getting you to vote for them more and more. It's, there's no significant improvement. That's just their political ploy, um, and they're actually you know, under the impression that they actually, like, actually care. Care about them when it's just for the votes, and you know people just can't get that into their heads, no matter how long goes on for. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's so right. Yeah. Sorry, but you know it's it's sad to see. Um, it's sad to see. Um, you know I I, I knew it was going to be bad, but I, I didn't know how bad it's going to be. And the scary part is that this here is just the first 100 days. Um, I mean, imagine after four years, imagine how things are going to be so radically different. 
But, I mean, you know, people need to prepare themselves because if people don't really start speaking out and telling people about things and the Republican Party doesn't get back to their roots, nothing. And another thing I want to add, too, but, you know, before I talk of your show, my friend, it's that, you know, like I told you, me being African-American male, you know, fortunately I was able to see past a lot of rhetoric from the right and the left and say, you know what, this is, this is the party I want to identify with. But um, it's kind of hard to do that sometimes as an African-American because, you know, there there is a side of the Republican Party that, you know, you know isn't too friendly uh, towards African-Americans. And, you know, that side is a side that makes a lot of African-Americans not want to, you know, you know, be with this party, but really, um, it, really, once I talk to a lot of people who I associate with, rather it be you know wherever, and I, I talk to them about you know, uh, you know, fiscal, you know, um, you know, fiscal choices, and also you know, uh, moral morality, and, and uh, you know, issues like that. The majority of people I talk to, their their beliefs are conservative views, and they don't even know it, and they just feel like they have to be stamped to vote a certain way because of their skin color. And, and, and truly that's just a, uh, a brainwashed state that people have gone through, through, you know, through all these years. And it's, it's just unfortunate. You know, I mean, I, I think that in order for the um, conservative voice to be heard completely, it's going to have to be a coalition. And because that's really how Obama got in the white house. He went and got all of the votes that the Republicans wasn't going after, you know, I mean, I mean, anybody who, anybody who was left out of the GOP, that's who he went after. Well, I mean, you know, and I mean, I'm not trying to say a GOP, you know, uh, you know, let's, you know, let's down their, you know, you know, moral standards, because that's really, you know, and that's really one of the major things, me being a Christian man that attracted me to the party more so, because, you know, I mean, I'm against, you know, I mean, I'm, it's just a lot of things that the liberals want to push that I'm completely against. I think that they are uh, sinful, um, you know, a, a lot of things, which I don't have to get into. I'm quite sure you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, that's what I trip. So I'm not trying to say, you know, GOP loses its moral stability. No, sir, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, you know, God forbid that happens. But what I am trying to say is to say, you know, um, I think the GOP has to really concentrate on trying to make themselves uh, more, you know, user-friendly, so to speak, to other people than what has been the standard for the past, you know, 30, 30 years. Because that's really going to be the only way that we're going to be able to, um, you know, get get a hold on this thing, it's, especially if, you know, they get this amnesty bill passed. I mean, geez Louise, I mean, you know, imagine if that happens, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it is quite scary. Let me ask you this last question for it to go here. Now, you said there's a side to the Republican Party that, uh, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really think there's, a racist side per se. Well, see, see, when I see, I, I grew up in the, I grew up in the South. I, I grew up in the South, and a, a lot of times with the, you know, with the party, you know, when when you go to the events, you may be the only, you know, you you, sometimes there's a feeling of not being welcome, so to speak, you know, and I mean, I and you know, maybe it's a mental psychological thing. Yeah. But um, but you know that, you know that. You know that's kind of what has been stigmatized, and you know, within the black community, and um, and a lot of figures uh, who have not been so polite, uh, like um, Helms, like Jesse Helms, he, you know the the you know things that took place in the civil rights movement with, with him, and you know he, you know he ran in, in uh, you know in the Republican Party, like you know 
stuff like that has kind of um, made a lot of black people not want to, um, you know, associate with the GOP. But the, the, the truth be told, in the South, the religious, in the South, religious African Americans identify more with the GOP than they do the Democratic Party. And it's kind of like a paradox. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I could uh, see that maybe a little bit. But we have to also remember that the a lot of people are manipulated by this because the Republican Party originally, you know, championed civil rights. That's right. For emancipation. And the, That's and right. The, yeah, the Democrats are the ones who were the opposite of that. And yet, That's right. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, You're absolutely so, correct. Thanks for calling in. Straight ahead. No problem, show. my friend. Have a good one, my friend. You too. All right. Uh, that was interesting. Anyway, uh, let's get back um, to the show here. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a tremendous. problem that people have this I guess perverse idea of what the Republican Party is um, and the Democrats are just such ma- you know they're just master manipulators they just lie and twist the facts and do all that so much and people come to come to buy into it it's, it's wrong I mean it's very wrong and you know, that's a problem particularly, I mean, it's severe among several groups, but I, you know, amongst blacks the most, you know, especially in the last election. I mean, normally you have, what, 88 and 89% uh, around there, vote Democrat. Um, this time it was, what, 96, 97%? So it wasn't just the whole Democrat thing. It was the guy, it was because that the Democratic candidate was half black. Well, you know, why should why should race or gender or anything like that be consideration? It should be number one, um, number one, the ideals that person holds, their capability to perform the job, the preparedness, the experience they have to do it. These are the important aspects. Their integrity, these things like that. And you know, yet people get sidetracked by that. You know, and it's just not right. I'm, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, give a call in, 347-308-8073 is the number. Um, remember to press in to let me know you want to talk on the air. Um, okay. Anyway, so it's just, you know, wrong that people people believe that. They, somehow think that there's other matters that are somehow more important that really have nothing to do with, with leaving the country or how better off we are, or whatnot. Like ever since 
you know, for instance, Hispanics. You know, and it's funny yesterday. You nominate an amnesty candidate, and then you go from the 44% President Bush received in uh, 04 to, uh, gee, what was it? Um, I want to say 32, 31. It's around there, around there. So you have a significant, you know, 10-plus point drop from that group. And then you have people um, choose us as being hardliners on that. Well, that makes me more hardline on that issue. You know, you nominate someone who's going to be really sympathetic to you, and then you just slap it away. And that's not reaching out to that, that whole community. <laughs> you know? And we shouldn't have to in the, in the first place anyway. Because somehow taking a hard stance um, on people breaking the law and entering the country illegally is somehow extreme and alienates them or whatever. Why? Because they identify with them racially? Well, that's racist also. You know, that's really the bottom line with that. It's, uh, it's a shame, you know? Or with the, the black and ever, ever since Eleanor Roosevelt, um, started to bring all over from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party and drove it to stay like that ever since. And people need to realize that, okay, the Republicans want to give you the tools to achieve on your own a far better uh, quality of life than the Democrats are going to just give you and keep you in that suppressed state because they have you right where they want you, where they can get you to keep voting for them and just give you just enough to get by and not want any more than that. You know, I mean, that's really that's the bottom line. That's the truth of it. Yet, people just a lot of people seem to miss that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, get, I don't, I don't get that. But okay. Anyway, once again, three four seven three zero eight eight zero seven three is the number. Uh, we will go to a timeout here in a bit. And after the break, we'll be back uh, a lot more to talk about. We have uh, this whole deal with Kathleen Sebelius being confirmed. That, that should be fun to discuss. Uh, and um, else and lots more should be good should be good so call in you want to comment on anything that we've uh, talked about so far all right why don't we take a call before the break here uh mad money hello you're on the air hi how you doing tonight i'm good how are you Real good. All right, I was just calling in to agree with the last caller. I'm also a Ron Paul fan, and I was I also wasn't happy with the may with the way the media uh, uh, kind of spinned him and handled him. Um, but there's just one point I want to bring up. I mean, it's great to talk about these different economic ideas 
and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, until we get rid of the Federal Reserve, they're always going to control us, and um, uh, they're going to control us, and uh, that's it. And it, we're, we're, we're never going to have a stable economy if that Federal Reserve is there. So. Yeah, but I mean, they also say there are reasons they established the Federal Reserve, and if you, I mean, and then the question is, you know, I mean, how do you even get rid of that institution that's so entrenched in the uh, in the financial system? I mean, you know, that's 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 the problem with a lot of Paul's ideals, like uh, you know, getting rid of the Federal Reserve. I mean, how how do you even begin to contemplate doing that? Well, it's pretty easy, I would think, is just just to have the government own it, and there would only be um, there would only be a standard amount of money that's released from the from the bank each year. Just standardize it so we're not having these different time periods releasing all this money to devalue it. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and as far as Ron Paul and his foreign policy. You know, I, I I think Ron Paul's foreign policy is actually the most consistent with Reagan's. You know, um, if you remember Reagan's foreign policy was, you know, Iran or if Iraq or whoever wants to get nuclear weapons, let them get nuclear weapons because they know if they try to use them against the United States, we're going to obliterate them. So who cares if they have them because they're non-usable? And I think that's kind of Ron Paul's stance also. And Ron Paul's stance is, it, I I. I um, you know, um, the country's going to be a lot more safe if we seal off the border rather than going and invading Iraq. It's going to be a lot more safe if we just put troops on the border and know who's coming in and out. That, that's pretty much Ron Paul's stance. Well, the so. problem is these you know, terrorists and whatnot can still get into the country. Um, but, see, Reagan wasn't an isolationist, though. That's the key difference. That philosophy might have worked when, when Washington talked about it, the founding of the country, but it's a much different world we live in now. And I, you know, I, I remember I got into a 10-minute argument with Ron Paul about this, about Islamic jihadism and the whole uh, cause of it and whatever. And, and, you know, his idea that our interference in international affairs uh, is what, you know, caused it, what brought this upon us. But, you know, you have to understand the ideology of these people because if they – want the Islamic caliphate to dominate the entire world and they want us to accept Sharia law or else. They're not just going to say, oh, they're not going to bother us or we're going to leave them alone. That's just not the way these people work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you that. Yeah, I mean, the Shiite Muslim, Muslims believe when they create world chaos, their, their Mahdi or their God or whatever is going to come to rule the earth. So, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. There's no... Um, there's no debating or there's no negotiating with these people. They want to destroy us. The question is, how do we, how do we stop them? So, yeah, I mean, there's really no easy answer to it. Now, are we going to just kill them all? I don't know. But yeah, they they definitely they definitely believe that. So it's uh it's a uh, it's a problem we got, no doubt about it. I mean, sometimes you know diplomacy just doesn't work because people just if you're dealing with madmen who you know, like this nut job uh, Ahmadinejad wants to wipe Israel off the map and and whatnot. You can't you can't reason with people like that, and it's foolish to think so. I mean, sometimes you have to use you know, military force, the last option, because people, certain people don't understand anything else. I mean, that was the whole issue before 
uh, World War II when you had all these appeasers like Chamberlain thinking you can just negotiate with a madman. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I, I think we're really getting to the point now where I, I really think in 2009 Israel's going to have to make their move because uh, Iran is very close to getting a, nu a nuclear weapon and they're going to have to make a preemptive strike, and that's what Netanyahu also said. He said that they're probably going to make a preemptive strike really soon. Before he was elected president over there, um, he said that was his first priority was to deal with Iran. The question is, are we going to back Israel? And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things of this year to watch. With this administration, that's uh, questionable at best. Yeah, I, I personally don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, yeah. No, That's about well, well. Just just the only thing else I wanted to say was, you know, this whole Republican Democrat thing. It seems like they're almost all working together. It seems like you really can't even tell um, a difference between the two parties anymore. And it seems like they're all working just towards, you know, I've heard. I'm sure you've heard this. A new world order. Um, it you know, I, uh, Obama has said during the campaign trail that he's going to get out of Iraq, get out get out of Afghanistan, I think, and now he's tripling the size of the of the troops over in Afghanistan, and he's he said, you know, he's all, he spoke out against the Patriot Act, and now he's um, going forward with the Patriot Act and different measures like that. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, it just seems like they're all the same anymore. That was, that was my last point. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, some, some are, but I mean, there's a lot of conservatives now who are finally, you know, starting to make some noise um, in the Congress in particular. Maybe, yeah, that's probably true with some of them, but in regards to this whole New World Order thing, uh, and I've heard that too, it's it's scary the way they would want it to happen, but I don't think one world government, if it were done in a different way, would be a bad idea. I mean, it would have to be done with conservative principles, which obviously is not something they would want. Uh, Here's the one problem, though, with the one world government. If that government gets tyrannical... Who's going to stop them? You know, um, so you it is republic type of government like this country. Yeah, but um, it's it seems like we've got a republic type of government in this country, and this government's getting tyrannical. I mean, it's so obvious to me that Wall Street has hijacked Washington. Now, if someone like Hitler or uh, you know, someone like Hitler or Stalin or Mao Zedong became the leader of this one world government, I mean, it's going to be George Orwell's 1984. I mean, that's that's these people's goal. Um, yeah. You know, you, I mean, there's people like Soros, people like Kissinger, Rockefeller, open globalists. They say they want a one world government. So there's definitely an elite group of people in this world that want a one world government. I don't know why. I, th I think it's just because they they're just a bunch of power psychos and, uh, and, and want to control everybody. But yeah, uh, um, you know, yeah, because we, well, they would want to base this government obviously off the of UN, which the UN is such a anti-American, anti-Semitic sham. Uh, it, that that would never go anywhere good. So first of all, the UN would have to go. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, I, the, the way I think this one world government is going to come about is I think the currency is going to collapse. I think the dollar is going to collapse. I think the euro is going to collapse. I mean, it's just going to have to with how much money they've been printing off. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think there's going to be more terrorist attacks, so there's going to be money. So, I, so 
money is going to become worthless. There's going to be a bunch of terrorist attacks. Um, no one's going to feel secure. They're going to be scared, and they're going to be able to pass whatever they want to pass, and the people are going to go along with it, and that's their plan. They know that, and I think they might stage something. Now, you know, I'm getting a little crazy here, but that's, that's um, you know, it's happened before. It's exactly what Hitler did. He staged terrorist attacks to get people to back him. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's, quite, quite scary, and, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But, hey, thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks. Oh, do you have last comment? Sorry. Hold on. I'm, I'm done. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Oh, Bye. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks for that call. If you want to call in, comment on the show, 347-308-8073 is the number. We got a lot to talk about the other side of the break, so call in. Be happy to take more calls then. Anything we've discussed so far or anything we have uh, left to talk about today? All right. Um, be back after this. This is uh, Logan. This is President Brock Mullis. Uh Thank you again for having me on the program. Um, I know that you're a big fan of mine, uh, Mr. Bruno. Uh, you know, thank you for your support of hope uh, and for change. You know, because I know we can all agree that uh, things are much better off now than they were in the past eight years. Yeah, look, uh, and I want to take this uh, this moment, this uh, time out, to uh, talk a little bit about my foreign policy. You know, I think we're doing a phenomenal job. We're really uh, sticking into the terrorists. Oh, 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 sorry, no, not terrorists. Um, <coughs> I apologize for using that offensive word. Uh, please uh, forgive me. I meant nothing but. Now, later. Um, look, we're doing a lot to stop these man-caused disasters. Uh, yeah, things are going great. Um, you know, we're going to get out of this quandary in Iraq. Uh, you know, we're going to deal with Afghanistan. And then we're going to uh, invade Pakistan. And that should go off well. Uh, because, uh, look. I know I've, I've done a phenomenal job so far, that I'm trying to do better. Uh, you know, this whole uh, North Korean issue, I was very clear with the North Koreans. I told them, look, um, I'm asking you very nicely, please do not uh, redevelop uh, your nuclear weapon program. And if you launch that missile, uh, I would prefer you don't do it. I asked them very nicely. I said, please, please, Mr. Uh, so let's see if that works. You know, I try. Uh, I tried my pride myself on tough diplomacy. Uh, that's just how I roll. Uh, that's the way I'm. Uh, that's why I think I am one of the, uh, the greatest presidents uh, in history. I'm certainly done a great job in foreign policy so far. Um, I think we should have a whole conference of our so-called enemies. Uh, we could have uh, Mahmoud and and Fidel and and Hugo and and Kim and uh, and all those guys. Uh, now, maybe Osama too. Why don't we invite them over? We'll have a big banquet in the White House. It should be fun. You know, when you get a group like that together, it's pretty unpredictable to see uh, how crazy uh, the night can be. I think we can get a lot accomplished. We should just negotiate uh, with our so-called enemies. And, you know, look, I, th I think these tactics will uh, work a lot better than the failed policies of George Bush. Yep. Um... Finally, closing Gitmo. That's another accomplishment as well. 
And all right, well, thank you. I think it's uh, pretty clear that my foreign policy has been a resounding success so far. And look, uh, Americans voted for hope, and they voted for change. And uh, I think you can see that now. And uh, you know, thank you for your support. Um, and um, uh, and you know, cheers to uh, uh, many more successes that we've had so far. It's been a great two months, and uh, you know, here's to 46 more. All right. Uh, well, thank you. I'm going to go now. And uh, look, you can get back and talk to my good friend, uh, Mr. Bruno, who I know uh, agrees with me on virtually everything. Thank you. Well, thank you to our wonderful president for that. Uh, that was really nice then. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to expand on something we talked about a little bit with our last caller. Uh, if you want to call in, 347-308-8073 is the number. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, this president's questionably Muslim, you might be. Oh, you're going to say that. Well, no, he's made several slip-ups and other rather suspicious activities that gives us the right to question whether he is or not. Anyway, um, this anti-Semitic president of ours isn't going to support Israel. I don't know. He probably has a color idea. With that stupid book, uh, what's it called? Peace, Not Apartheid. You know, taking the side of the Muslim extremist terrorists, of course. Just like the Democrats always do. That's what the liberals always do. Um, you know, I've seen reports in the past couple of weeks saying that, uh, you know, Iran might be a year away or something. Bomb. That is scary. That is very scary. This president's not going to have the, the courage to take strong action to prevent that from happening. What we should do is we should go bomb the hell and of all potential nuclear sites they have, really cripple any ability they have to do this and set them back years and years. <clears throat> you know? I mean, if we don't want to get involved with a large ground war, that's the least we should do. You know, all this air power, we'll, we'll make use of it. Use of it. Um, and, you know, the Israelis are, are right to, to defend themselves because there is a very good possibility that the Iranians intend to use these weapons against them. Either they'll do it directly or they'll funnel it through their terrorist buddies. You know? I mean, in fact, the Iran's fortunate they're not at war with us. We should, we should do something about them because since when is it not an act of war to fight a proxy war against the country? You know, by getting arms and financial resources and such to the terrorists in Iraq. That's an act of war. Like, a, what was it, a year or two ago where they kidnapped those, uh, those British sailors. Okay, what happened in the days where kidnapping someone else's military personnel um, would be an act of war. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just the left is just dominated to a point where it becomes so complacent, too. You know, it's been 
what, close to eight years since 9-11. People think that it's not as big of an issue now, blah, blah, blah. Getting all complacent, settling down. That's why they voted for a responsible administration. You know? I mean, the Israelis traded out their old coalition government to a new one that's going to take steps to protect their country. We did the opposite. We got rid of a government that would have taken the necessary steps to protect this country, and we're all in that doesn't really care much for it. One that's going to leave us vulnerable to dangerous attacks from the enemies of this country. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous. You know, yet we allowed it to happen anyway. Isn't that great? It's real healthy for the country. Especially if they go on this witch hunt um, to find those who ordered the who gave the CIA agents their uh, parameters they had to investigate, you know, because it's torture and everything, blah, blah, blah. When, you know, Democrats like Pelosi knew about it, it didn't much care at the time because it would have been politically unpopular for them to. That's just another example of them doing what's politically expedient. That's what the Dems always do. It's all about what works politically for them. That's it. That's all I care about. Winning elections. It's not about principles. It's not about protecting the country and preserving it. Never about that for the left. Never. <laughs> you know, and if, if using enhanced interrogation techniques, which while they might scare uh, said terrorists for several minutes or two days or whatever, depending on the method, even if a lot of the information isn't, isn't true, which might be true sometimes, if you get some actionable information that saves thousands or hundreds or dozens or even a couple of lives, wasn't it worth it? You know, isn't that necessary? And I, you know, it bothers me when people bring up the Geneva Conventions all the time. Okay, the Geneva Conventions do not apply to terrorists. Terrorists are not in the uniform of any nation states, okay? They are terrorists. They kill indiscriminately anybody who disagrees with them. It doesn't matter if they're military or non-military. They don't deserve the same treatment, nor does it say anything in there that says anything about treating terrorists like that. If you're not a member of a national army, you aren't entitled to any of these rights. This is a far different war than anything we've fought before. Oh, sorry, you can't call it a, can't call it a war, a war on terror. It's an uh, overseas contingency operation. And the uh, terrorism, I mean the... Uh, Freedom fighters, uh, <laughs> which is probably what they'll call them, and the freedom fighters with their man-caused disasters. You know, so ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Let me know what you think. 347-308-8073 is the number. Um, all right, I want to move to the nothing short of disturbing confirmation as a Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius. You know, I know people like to support 
people from their home state, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know what uh, Senator Pat Roberts and former Senator Dole and uh, Sam Brownback are thinking by supporting her. And I think people have a lot of respect for Brownback, you know? And I was incredibly enthusiastic about his presidential campaign at first. I thought he was the best candidate that had the most ideal principles for a candidate. But this just raises eyebrows. And I would love to ask about this because just because someone's from your home state doesn't mean you have to enthusiastically support them. And they, you know, I mean, the radical associations with that, that monster killer, um, her extreme position on uh, abortion and other health issues. This is someone that should be supported, and she she isn't worthy of this position. Nor is she capable of this position. And yet she gets it by a. You needed 60 votes, and it was 65 31. So maybe if some of these so-called conservative principled Republicans that voted for her confirmation switched over and voted against it, maybe we could have stopped it, you know? I mean, okay, you got a good portion of the caucus fighting against the radical actions of this president and the radical appointments. But then you have a significant minority who goes along with it. And if you have a you know, like this, and you've got a quarter of the caucus that just goes whatever he wants. Well, but then they're not, not going to be able to stop anything. The numbers are too small to have big breaks like that. That's not how you, you stop disturbing actions like that. It's not going to do any good. Yet they... Um, They do it anyway. And this is just just small. It's now it's wrong to sign off on someone like that. Well we don't want to, we don't want to make uh, our glorious leader mad by opposing something he does because he's so wise and he knows all and now, who who are we to say no to him? I mean, who who want to say no to him? He's just he's just such a good guy, you know. I mean, even if you don't agree with everything he does, he's just a, he's a good all around guy. He's good, good guy. I mean, how could you not like him? You know, he's great. He's fantastic. That that whole ridiculous mentality, which a lot of people do have, unfortunate but true. Unfortunate but true. But, um, you know, and the question is, well, how do you, you combat something like like that trend? It's hard to do. Very hard to do. And certainly the <clears throat> policies that someone like that push would be, wouldn't be good. You know, so, so now we go from having uh, 
now we go from having an incompetent uh, Department of Homeland Security secretary dealing with this whole swine flu nonsense. Um, and then we have a <clears throat> excuse me, an incompetent uh, HHS secretary dealing with this. Hmm. Isn't that fun and dandy? <clears throat> you know, I mean, wow. Has anyone else ever had such a just bad cabinet picks, whether it's their tax problems or personal characteristics that are lacking? Music stream. It is just a shame. Oh, it is. Yeah, he can just go and do whatever he wants. That's just, you know, it's just so wrong. You can't, you can't stop. No, because you have to work with him. Right? He's a good guy. That's just so ridiculous. Not an old thing. It's just ridiculous. But um. Good, Tim. Can't say anything about it, can you? Nope. That is just shit. Yeah. Huh. What are you going to do? If you disagree, agree, let me know. 347. Three zero eight eight zero seven three. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I think today a hundred days. I think it is. Yes. Actually, this reminds me of a shirt that I once saw. Uh, after a hundred days of of President Bush's administration, that said a uh, hundred days done or a hundred days undone. And at the time, obviously, it wasn't very funny, but. Um, I'd like a shirt like that for this administration. I think it's 100 days undone. In fact, in 100 days, they probably undid a lot more than 100 days, a lot more damage than that. That's what it is. You're undoing positive progress and replacing it with uh, some severe, severe damage. Um, You know, it is just shameful. Um, it's not that this man is in office at all. It's just wrong. Well, it's just, you know, I mean, it, it's only, and now we're stuck in that position. And there's probably going to be a lot more in the way of damage to this country in the next few years. You know, terrorist attacks, socialism, radical social policies, all of this is in store for us with this new Democratic administration and its majorities in Congress. And it's seeming ability to take a few not-so-committed Republicans along with them 
particularly in the Senate. You know? You know, that is just wrong. But a little too late to deal with that now. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> We're coming up uh, towards the end of the show here. So let me know what you think. If you want to call in, feel free. We'll be back on uh, Thursday. This is probably the last Wednesday we won't be on, so we're going to be moving towards a full week schedule, most likely next week. We'll see what happens. Get, tell people to listen to the show. That well, that's what helps it keep on going. Um. And I think it's a heck of a lot better than a lot of the other crap you'll hear out there. You know, you'll hear the truth here. That's what that's what we're all about. The unfiltered, uh, unabashed truth. Whether it's hard to hear or easy to hear. You know, we uh we say it how it is here on the conservative hour. That's just what we do. Um some people might not be able to handle the truth, but, uh, you know, it is just, uh, it's just how we do it. All right. Anyway, let's wrap up here. It's been fun. So be sure to tune in on Thursday for a uh, well another phenomenal episode. All right, there. Close out here. Keep on listening. Because uh, we say it how it is here. Whether it's hard or easy to hear, that's what we do. It is just what we do here at this show. And want to know what you think. Join the group. Keep on listening. Um... Yeah, and should be good. All right, well, until next time, this is A.J. Bruno for the Conservative Hour, your premier conservative talk radio show. Signing off for now. 
so long, and uh, until next time, have a good one. Shoot out.